This is 
the St. Long Chinas' podcast baptism channel. Uh, this is going to be episode 58. I'm going to give a brief programming note. As I said in, I believe it was the last episode, that somehow or another, I had um, what was supposed to be episode number 56 turned out to be episode, I, I put episode 57. Um, on the last episode, I had, like I said, this app is not very good, so, um, I tried to go back and edit it to make it 56, and it would not let me, so, the episode that I was going to entitle 56, it would not let me put the 56 on. So instead of putting 56, I had to go back and put 57A because, like I said, um, this is a real bad app. Um, Lord willing, I should be able to put 50, episode 58 on this one. And the topic... For this episode is going to be how you treat the least of these is how you treated me. But first a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Amen. All that I am. All that I have and all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, and glory and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. In, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Amen. Okay, so... As I said, the topic of this particular episode is going to be how you treated the least of these, you treated me. And that's actually a quote from Jesus. Uh, I want to say that it's from the Sermon of the Mount, the Sermon on the Mount, um, Saint Math uh, the Gospel according to St. Matthew chapters 5 through 7. However, uh, for those of you who may remember scripture passages a little better than me, um, it may not actually be under the Sermon of the Mount. Nevertheless, uh, it is in one of the Gospels in the New Testament. So, um. I had actually covered the concept, this concept, uh, in previous episodes. Um, not not in a detailed way, but just mostly in passing. And 
a lot of people who consider themselves Christian, and I put that in quotation marks. And by the way, when I say this, I'm also including said Vacantis in on this too, or true Catholics. They, um, a lot of people who, you know, like I said, consider themselves followers of Jesus Christ, at least, oh, and by the way, let me make my usual disclaimer, not all, but most people, they and I, let me give another disclaimer. This is not a personal judgment. This is not me in judging intent or any of that or a spiritual state. That would be rash judgment. I am going by people's behavior and words. And because of where I'm at, there are a lot of Protestants. And... I can say, judging from personal behavior that I've actually witnessed myself, that um, in their day-to-day -day existence, that this concept is not being practiced. What do I mean by this? Well, number one, um, in the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus explicitly states, explicitly, that you are to love your neighbor as you are to love yourself. And then he continues on to say, um, you know, Loving your neighbor is not just loving your friends and your relatives and your fellow believers. Even the pagans do that. Uh, so if you're doing that already, what credit is that to you? Which is very true. I've stated this several times. You know, it's very easy to overlook the faults of a brother or sister, a mother, or father, wife, kids. Um, best friend, good friend, you know, whatever. Um, everyone does that is what Jesus is saying. And he's right. Everyone does it. So it's no credit to us if we consider ourselves followers of Jesus Christ, if we do this. And What Jesus means, like I said, I've covered this in previous episodes, when he says love your neighbor like you love yourself, he means in your day-to-day -day existence, in your day-to-day -day existence, you're to treat a complete and utter stranger the way you would want to be treated. In other words, let's just say you go into a fast food joint and something happens and 
Um, I, I'm just going to throw this in there. Let's just say the cashier's actually rude and impatient with you. Well, guess what? If you're, if you're trying, you know, if you're, if you're, uh, if you consider yourself a follower of Jesus Christ in the heavenly kingdom, you don't get to retaliate. You don't get to say squat. You got to bite your tongue. You just, you know, and if you're in the spiritual life enough, you'll understand that, um, that you, well, there, there's two aspects. The first aspect is, number one, you don't know this person personally. So therefore, they could have had a bad day. Uh, they could have had a fight with a loved one. Their boss could have just chewed them out. So it is not up to you to get on your high horse and say, oh, well, hey, this person's being really rude to me. Um, I'm going to let him have both barrels. Because if you read the Gospels, you'll understand that Jesus was disrespected the whole time he was doing his ministry. You know, never mind, never mind his passion before he got crucified. You know, the the Jewish religious authorities, you know, did everything in their power to try to discredit and make Jesus out to be some sort of um, heretic and, you know, um, a false, a false Messiah. So, we, if we consider ourselves followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we were to act no differently. We were to act no differently. Now, this also means that we um, we are to be respectful to everyone we come across. And as I said in a previous episode, um, you don't treat people the way you don't want to be treated. So if you hate being falsely accused, if you hate people giving you an attitude, if you hate um, unjust treatment, if you hate um, being unfairly accused, well... If you consider yourself a follower of Jesus Christ in the heavenly kingdom, then it is incumbent upon us all, I'm not disincluding uh, myself from this, it is incumbent upon us not to do that to complete and utter strangers. 
Now, as far as when Jesus said, how you treated the least of these, you treated me. He's talking about the despised in society. Now, I'm not going to be so presumptuous as to uh, talk about Europe or other parts of the world. Um, I'm going to talk about America. One of the most despised elements of society in America is the homeless population. They're absolutely, you know, uh, is, and, and once again, I'm going to give the disclaimer. I'm not saying all Americans do this. I'm saying a lot of Americans do this. They're very contemptuous of the homeless. Very contemptuous. They're also very contemptuous of people who work service work, in my experience, um, or retail. And um, When Jesus was saying how you treated the least of these. Now, for his contemporary audience, would have, which would have been Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes, lawyers, and just the average Jewish person. He, he, when he says how you treated the least of these, he was talking about they're contemptible people. The lepers, the insane, the demoniacs, the prostitutes, the tax collectors. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus and Mother Mary. Thank you very much. That's another thing, too. Um, when he says the least of these for contemporary Americans, present-day Americans, um... Whatever you find contemptible, politicians, cops, I already said service workers, lawyers, anybody you find contemptible. And speaking for my own self, um, I, one of my favorite expressions before Lord Jesus helped me to get a change of heart was, I'm not prejudiced, you're all equal scum. And I, I meant what I said. <laughs> I literally meant what I said. And I wasn't prejudiced. I didn't, you know, to me prejudice was stupid because you were judging on appearances. Um... I hated everyone because I found everyone to be contemptible in my own eyes and in my own judgment. So, when Jesus talks about the least of these, he's, he's not just talking about the lowest rung of society, which often, you know... Um, a lot of people in that particular society will have nothing but contempt for the lowest rung or what they consider the lowest rung. Oh, 
one other uh, category I wanted to add for contemporary uh, Americans is alcoholics and drug addicts. Now, now I'm going to get to the second part of his statement. He said, you treated, how you treated these people, you treated me. Now, this is why I said earlier that a lot of people who consider themselves followers of Jesus Christ in the heavenly kingdom do not uh, once again, disclaimer, not all, a lot, do not practice this in the day-to-day -day position. And, and um, to be charitable, I'm going to say they probably do it out of ignorance. Um, I, I, I bet a lot of people do this out of ignorance. Because they're, they're, they're unaware of the deeper meaning of this passage of Scripture. And the deeper meaning is, is that we are all children of God. Now, for you set of accountants out there, you know, who, not all, not all, but some of you, you know, you act like the Pharisees. Well, I've got the true religion. I am a true son of God. I'm going to give you a quote from St. John the Baptist. Jesus can, or I'm sorry, God himself can raise these very stones and make them his sons. Meaning that you do not have an exclusive claim on being a son of God. And if you need reminding of this, I have no issue reminding you of this. If you're not acting like a son of God, then how can you claim to be one? See, that's that's the kicker, okay? That's that's the sting here in Christianity or true Catholicism. In order to claim the title of son or brother of God, we must act like it. If you are not acting like a son of God, then you cannot make that claim. I mean, people being people, you can make the claim, but don't be surprised when, you know, um, people don't take you seriously. Okay? Um, but the deeper meaning is, is... Every human being on this earth is a child of God. Now, obviously, obviously, those who are living in error or ignorance or um, under the uh, a slave to their sins and, you know, once again, as Americans, we tend to get up hung up on um, the sexual sins and the spiritual. Uh, I'm sorry, the um, the um, 
and, and uh, the addictional sins, you know, uh, drugs, alcohol. Um, my uncle, who was a Calvinist, God rest his soul, used to talk about how, you know, he'd be watching these Protestant preachers on TV railing against sexual sins, and they were fat as a barn door. Meaning that, you know, that they were a, a sin to their, to their food. You know, and he was absolutely right about that. He's absolutely right. So, it's not just the sexual sins. It's not just the addiction sin. If you love eating or drinking high-calorie sodas, you're no better than the person who watches porn or the person who smokes meth. You know, um, you know, if you disagree with me, that's fine, but it, it's a fact. If you um, are spending the majority of your money on the latest fashions, on the latest car, or if you're spending the majority of your money uh, buying taking vacations or getting a, a vacation house somewhere, once again, you are no different than the, the pornography person, the drug addict, the drunk, the prostitute. You are no, you, you are no better than they are because... And... Once again, I'm going to go back to why proper theology is important because Catholic theology and having been a former Protestant, some Protestant preachers do preach about this aspect. You're supposed to give God um, or you're supposed to support his church and his ministers first. And then if you have anything left over, then, yeah, you go ahead and, you know, um, you know, you use it for your own, uh, your own uh, uses. But here's the thing. Um, there are a lot of, um, there, there, there is known in Protestantism as the health and wealth gospel. And in my experience, these guys tend to be, um, televangelists. Um, and I can only speak about these guys because when YouTube was famous, um, I, I was a Vatican II sect member and I didn't pay attention to Protestantism. Once I realized that Protestantism was a dead end, I just did quit paying attention to it. But these, these quote-unquote pastors, they'll say, well, 
send me 10 bucks and, or, you know, send me whatever and I will pray for you and you will be blessed and you will have perfect health and, you know, you will have, uh, you will be blessed and they're talking materially beyond your wildest imaginations. And this is why, you know, throughout my episodes, I say proper theology is, is, is an absolute requirement. And this is why I left Protestantism because Protestantism, as I said, is interlinked by the, the same theology, which is Martin Luther's theology. Bible alone, faith alone, and the priesthood of all believers. So, and once again, to you non-denominational types, if your church practices any of that, you are a Protestant. You don't have to like it. You might say, well, I'm not Lutheran, I'm not a Baptist. If you're practicing this, you are practicing Protestant theology. Therefore, you can call it non-denominationalism all you want to. You are still a Protestant. I can't make it any clearer than that. And if you refuse to consider it, that's on you. But I am saying this as a former Protestant. So, you know, you can say what you want. I'm speaking from experience. Now, um, you know, within Protestantism, you have some preacher because basically Protestantism is subjectivism because you're telling people, read the Bible how you want, practice your faith how you want, and we're all equal and they're, they're you know, they're, nobody's better than anyone else. And so... Protestantism, by its very nature, is going to have contradictions. It just is. Because if everyone, you know, because people are people, you're going to have different variations of beliefs. Because people are different. So, in Protestantism, you're going to have a preacher that's going to say... Um, you know, support your ministers, support your church before you buy the nice glittery stuff. And then you're going to have other quote-unquote pastors who are going to teach, well, send me $10 and God will bless you materially. And as far as the whole blessing you materially thing, that is actually a pre, pre-Christian Jewish error because the Jewish people before Jesus were they had not received the fullness of God's truth and the uh, for those of you who need reference read the book of Job if something bad happened to you it was common in that society to think well somehow God is mad at you because 
you had a tragedy befalling you, or maybe you were born poor, or maybe you were born a leper. And this was God expressing his displeasure at something. And, and um, there is talk in the New Testament of generational curses. Um, so maybe, um, maybe you let, you know, you're a leper or you're dirt poor and you just can't seem to get ahead, but you lead a pretty devout and pious life. Um, well, there was no, what was known as a generational curse, which, and I don't want to speak on anything I'm not sure on so I'm going to leave that unsaid but anyway so there was known as a generational curse where maybe you were pious and devout but maybe a father a grandfather a great-grandfather or a great-great-grandfather had displeased God in some fashion and God was punishing you for the sins of your father or you know one of your relatives This is actually an error. And this is why proper theology is the key. Um, because the pre-19, I'm sorry, the pre-Vatican II church taught or teaches or taught that if you're trying to be pious and devout, two things are going to happen. Number one, you are going to have trials and tribulations very severely because God wants you, wants, it's only by trials and tribulations that we become more holy. And that's God's way of taking out our innermost sins that we're not even consciously aware of and helping us to become more holy. But number two, um, Um, number two, it is also a way for God to get our focus off the things of this world, meaning loved ones and possessions and all this other stuff, and focus strictly on him, his blessed mother and the heavenly kingdom. Which brings me to my second error that... Um, a lot of people fall into of thinking, oh, well, and <laughs> there, there, there are just some people who, um, who think that, don't get me wrong, everything is a blessing, and it is, but where a lot of people get it twisted is, is they think the good things are blessings and the bad things are God's displeasure. No, if, 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 if you're... If you have a proper understanding of Catholic spiritual teachings, you will understand that even the trials and tribulations are also a blessing. But I don't want to get too far away from the, uh, the point, which is um, people focus in on the material too much. And this is a huge error of the wealth and health 
uh, prosperity gospel of the Protestants. But like I said, since all Protestants are in error, they, they can't see it because everything is subjective, not objective. In other words, what you believe is your reality. But they think that, you know, uh, having a six-figure or a five-figure salary or a six-figure salary and all the, the stuff, you know, the nice clothes, the, the, the cars, the TVs and everything, well, that's a sign of God's pleasure. And that's why I say it's improper theology because that's not what the pre-Vatican II church taught. The pre-Vatican II church taught, and by the way, St. John the Baptist, when he was doing his preaching mission before Jesus started his ministry, there's a passage in the gospel where he's preaching to a bunch of soldiers tax collectors, prostitutes and stuff. And one of the soldiers asked, well, what, do you, what does God expect of us? And John the Baptist tells him, St. John the Baptist tells him, be content with your pay. Do not extort. Because, you know, back in the days, soldiers did double duty. They were soldiers, but sometimes they had police duties. And, you know, cops are notorious for, not all, not all cops, but some cops are notorious for, well, your taillight is busted, but if you slip me a 20, we'll pretend that it, you know, that I don't see this, but go get it fixed. Bribery and extortion are the same thing. Anyway, um, but, um, the, the, the whole materialism thing was, was to be content with what you have. Now, and everything that you have is a blessing from God, not just the material, but your spiritual, mental, and physical gifts are a gift from God. And a lot of people don't understand this. So, uh, as, as part of this teaching, the pre-Vatican II church also taught, if you are blessed with a lot, then you should try um, to help though, not, not just help the, the Catholic Church and its ministers and its ministries, but help those less fortunate than you. In other words, oh, by the way, it talks about this in the book of James. I have faith, brothers, therefore let my faith make you uh give you warm blankets and food my 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 faith will give you warm blankets and food and he's talking about you know faith alone is it's it's wrong it's it's an error and by the way i did not mean to make this a protestant banging 
uh, I'm sorry, a Protestant um, criticism session. But this needs to be said. Um, but they, but it, but they also taught. The, I'm talking about the pre-Vatican II Catholic Church taught that, you know, if you're blessed with, with a lot of material wealth, that you're supposed to, uh, let's just say there's a homeless shelter. You give money to that. Maybe you buy them a dozen blankets. Maybe you buy them, oh, I don't know, a week or two weeks worth of food. But... You're to share that wealth. Now, it did not teach that you spend all your money on everyone else and you leave your family to in rags and starve in poverty. It did not teach that. But it, it, it taught, you know, if you have extra, you know, to help out your church and your fellow man. Anyhow. So, what, of, what does all this have to do with how you treated the least of these, you treated me? It's very simple. The people that you find contemptuous are still God's children. And because we cannot make a claim of knowing God's mind or his will... We do not know how these people's histories are going to turn out. In other words, the crack addict that, you know, you pass by and are full of contempt for in a year or two could be blessed by God, kick his crack addiction and become a true follower of Jesus Christ. But you don't know that. None of us do. So, not only do we treat him with the dignity and respect that we would give Jesus Christ our Lord, but we also pray for that person. We put him in our prayers, or them. And obviously I'm not saying, you know, oh, pray for the crack addict on 10th Street, you know, and, and pray for the prostitute on 38th Street. No, we, we pray for the less fortunate. And part of treating the least of these is how you treated me is, is part of the um, old expression, there but, but by the grace of God go I. There's, there's that aspect of it. There is the, you know, treating them with respect and praying for them. But there's also the physical aspect of it. Now, I'm not saying, you know, if, if there's a homeless dude and he's got an empty 40, giving him a 10 spot and saying, yeah, go get something to eat because... If, if he's homeless and he's got a, a 40 of beer next to him, that's probably a reason why he's homeless. 
but you can buy him some food or, um, you know, uh, you can, you know, give, uh, buy clothes for the home, clothes and blankets for the homeless shelter. Now, in this aspect, there are some people who consider themselves Christians who literally take little sack lunches and bottles of water and give them to the homeless. That is, that is absolutely the right idea. That is absolutely the right idea. Um, now, not everyone is called to do this. Um, if you happen to know a particular homeless person that, um, you know, you chit-chat with them for five minutes a day, which, by the way, just having a conversation with the guy and asking him how he's doing, not a terrible thing either. Well, let's just say you've got a particular favorite homeless dude. Well, asking him, hey, is there anything I can get you? You know, do you need some shoes? Do you need some socks? Can I get you a new jacket? Doing that kind of thing is the right idea as well. So, and, and, <laughs> um, I, I, I think I pretty much explained the concept. Um, and, and to my knowledge, I think I've been pretty clear in explaining the concept. So, Um, to those of you who are Protestant, and for that matter, Vatican II uh, members, but like I said, Vatican II is just basically Protestantism in the Catholic facade, I want to strongly urge you to rethink because a lot of Protestants and Vatican II types say, well, I'm already doing this. It's true. You might already be doing this. I, I mean, you know, I've, I've been former Vatican II and I've been former Protestant. Yes, they do do this. However, if your worship of God, and this is the simplest way I can put it, if your worship of God is subjective at its base, meaning you worship God and you, you know, you, you're, you, you do your, uh, you serve him under your truth, your understanding, you are in error. Because God is objective, not subjective. And for those of you who don't know what objective means, objective means that it's the ultimate truth and the ultimate truth never changes. It never changes. So, I, I, I uh, urge you, be 
excuse me, be, um, reconsider your, your belief system. And as I've said in previous episodes, if you claim you love God, but you're basically doing what you want to do, you're not loving God and you're not serving him. You're basically serving yourself. So, to those, to those who have listened, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm a little foggy. Um, I want to thank everyone for listening. And I especially want to thank those who may have given me their 40 minutes and, you know, thought, well, this, this guy's full of crap, man. You know, Protestantism and Vatican Twoism is, you know, they're legit, you know. Who's this guy to lecture us? Well, if you gave me 40 minutes, I'm going to thank you anyway. Like I, I never get tired of saying, you know, um, if you consider me the local crazy person that shouts at the sky, if, if you listen to this entire episode, I got to thank you for that. You didn't have to. Um, and you guys take this for what it's worth. I am praying for everyone. And I would like to see as many people get to heaven as possible. And I hope and I pray that you guys got something out of this. I hope and pray for that. But you take it for what it's worth. So thank you for listening. God bless you. Have a good day. Bye-bye.